and welcome to Future Intended, where we share stories about people and programs supported by Hamilton Community Foundation. The title comes from our tagline, History Made, Future Intended. We've been driving positive change in Hamilton since 1954, and we're ready to do it now and forever. Hamilton has a complex and troubled historical relationship with cycling. Like most urban centres, its design has consistently prioritised the car as the go-to way to get around. But cycling advocacy in Hamilton also has a long history. The Hamilton Wheelman's Guide is an 1897 pamphlet that spotlights local cycling clubs and outlines cycling routes connecting Hamilton to surrounding communities. It's a fascinating little document that you can actually take a look at in the Hamilton Public Library's local history and archives section. Into the mid-1980s, Hamilton's infrastructure focus was on recreational cycling. Six priority routes were identified and marked for cyclists, mostly around the vicinity of Dundurn, Gage, and Confederation Parks. In 1990, the region had 5 kilometers of bicycle paths, 45 kilometers of signed bicycle routes, and approximately 40 kilometers of trails. It was around that time that the city began to plan and implement a regional bicycle route system. In 1992, the first regional bicycle study and the ensuing plan emphasized recreational bicycle use on the roads. This experience, along with a 1997 cyclist survey, led to Hamilton's master 1999 cycling plan called Shifting Gears. Key to all of this is how we understand cycling as an activity. Is it exclusively for recreational use, or is it also a viable way to get around? Over the last 20 years, perspectives have shifted to the latter. An expanded citywide cycling network was proposed in Hamilton's 2007 Transportation Master Plan. One of its most important goals was to increase the share of daily trips made by walking or cycling to 15% by 2031. Progress has been steady. As of 2018, Hamilton had just over 200 kilometers of designated bike lanes, which is an increase of 130 kilometers over a decade. There are 149 kilometers of multi-use trails that are used by cyclists and pedestrians. The Sobe bike sharing program has also emerged as a meaningful piece of the city's overall transportation system. Hand-in-hand with cycling's growing importance is the emergence of safety as the greatest impetus for improving cycling infrastructure. Community members have rallied after cycling fatalities. Vision Zero, a Swedish transportation strategy that seeks to eliminate fatalities on roads, has become an influential framework for cycling advocates worldwide. This shift may explain the intensification of cycling advocacy in Hamilton over the past several years. For example, In 2019, there was fierce opposition to the idea that the city would consider allowing cars to park in Bay Street bike lanes during off-peak hours. Indeed, sharing the road has become a major theme in developing Hamilton's cycling infrastructure. This episode of Future Intended is a two-parter. Part 1 presents a vital signs chat from 2018. Terry Cook sat down with Kate Whelan, past chair of Cycle Hamilton, and Ryan McGreal, cycling advocate and editor of Raise the Hammer. Welcome. Um, Good morning. Kind of a dismal Hamilton day, but what a great turnout for our first vital conversation in Hamilton. Uh, We're going to talk about cycling this morning. I'm Terry Cook, uh, CEO of the Hamilton Community Foundation. I'm going to uh, introduce our two panelists in a couple of minutes. 
but I just wanted to start by, first of all, welcoming all of you here. And secondly, just to provide a bit of context, because one of the things we do as a community foundation is promote the dissemination of knowledge and the engagement of citizens to try and make this a better place. Uh, you would maybe be familiar with our Vital Science Report. If you not, you can pick up a copy of the spec edition on the, uh, the back counter. Um, it really is a report card, a scorecard on Hamilton's, how Hamilton is doing on about 10 different uh, criteria. Everything from the arts to public health to, uh, to safe streets. And uh, uh, we thought if we were going to have these conversations, which also build off of our, our TV show, that this would be a really neat starting point. Uh, because in uh, our view, um, the notion of complete streets and the role that uh, cycling plays in providing a comprehensive transportation system is critical to our future. And with apologies to the folks from the city of Hamilton here, and I once upon a, upon a time had an association with the city of Hamilton. I guess I do again as of last week, uh, <laughs> being the unofficial first dude now of Ward 1. Um, we need to be more ambitious, and that'll be part of the conversation here today. And, and quick backdrop, a lifetime ago when I was a very junior councillor in Ward 1 in the city of Hamilton, first elected in 85, I had this crazy notion that we should develop a comprehensive cycling plan for the region, and I convinced our regional council at the time to do two things. One was to take 1% of our capital budget annually and devote it to cycling infrastructure, and the second was to develop a, a comprehensive region-wide cycling plan. And Ryan knows a bit of this story, but we did some really good things out of that, like the early development of the, the rail trail system in Hamilton. Uh, but the part that is often forgotten is we also convinced regional council at the time to do a pilot project on Main and King from McMaster to downtown, take a lane of traffic out and do a, a, a dedicated cycle path. And that lasted all of about four months. There were a couple of accidents because it was a poorly designed pilot. Uh, the spectator put one of the accidents on the front page and my regional council majority collapsed like a cheap card table and uh, they were taken out and frankly we lost decades in terms of the progress because had we stayed the course I think we would have been the best mid-size cycling city in, in the country and, uh, and, and frankly I take responsibility for that because we hadn't built the coalition of the willing to sustain su support as change happened and uh, that of course is a lesson for LRT. Uh, but with that backdrop, let me introduce our two guests this morning, and here's how it's going to work. I'm going to moderate. Uh, these two folks are passionate cyclists and I think bring both some expertise and some knowledge of advocacy and how change happens to the discussion. I'm going to ask two or three softballs off the top, and then we're going to open it up to conversation. And, and the only thing I would urge is, given the size of the crowd this morning, if you can keep your, your uh, questions kind of short and pointed, and, uh, and then we'll hopefully have a good stimulating conversation. So to my immediate uh, left, uh, I want to introduce Kate Whalen, who in her day job is a, uh, a faculty member at McMaster and working on her PhD, but she's here today as the co-chair of Cycling Cycle Hamilton. Um, her bio says she came here in 2009, gave up her car in 2011, and is a passionate year-round cyclist. So I think she brings great backdrop to the, uh, to the question at hand. And uh, the ubiquitous Ryan McGreal, editor of Raise the Hammer, resident of Kent Street, where I grew up, and uh, somebody that uh, is 
also a passionate advocate for complete streets, for LRT, and obviously for cycling. So with that as a backdrop, let me, let me just um, start with uh, kind of a, a direct question, which is, in my view, um, we have not been nearly ambitious enough. We call ourselves the ambitious city, but when you think about uh, the change that's happening demographically, the number of young people that are embracing the notion of complete streets and who want to cycle safely all the time, uh, I'm a guy who has taken my kids to ride bikes in mid and large size cities all over North America and inevitably come back feeling a sense of lament that we have gone too slowly and frankly even when we've done stuff we've done it in a half-assed way and and I say that with a lack of subtlety <laughs> what do we need to do to put some momentum and some some real resolve into creating a better and safer community for people to cycle all the time start with you thanks Terry. great question um, I will say first and foremost we have a cycling master plan. It's a good plan. Um, we've outlined the streets that we want to tackle in the near uh, and, and long term. We haven't been putting the money, the investment into implementing it. The cycle master plan calls for a, an investment of $2.5 million annually to get it done. We've been underspending by about a million dollars each year. So we're not getting done fast enough. And to your point, um, it makes it really hard to get around when you don't have a robust cycling network. Same question. In, in 2009, I remember you writing uh, an op-ed for The Spectator, uh, and you pointed out that the pyramids were built faster than, <laughs> than the, the schedule for Hamilton's uh, cycle plan, and that was if you built I guess with a spouse now in elected office, I may, ha may have to be more discreet in my op-ed writing, right? I a don't little know. more circumspect, maybe. <laughs> but uh, and in fact, that was based on the assumption that we actually spent according to the plan, which we haven't. I mean, um, for several years, we were spending considerably less than a million dollars a year. We've increased it now uh, in significant part because the province, um, in their, their dying gasp, uh, shoveled a bunch of uh, money to cities to invest in cycling infrastructure. But that's about two years' worth of money, and then after that, it's going to be back onto us again. Um, and uh, I, I agree entirely with Kate. I think uh, we need um, not in the summer when we're talking about projects, but in the winter when uh, council is talking about budgets, that's when they need to actually allocate that money. But the other thing we need to do is build a broad-based organization that is actually going to be generating the political context that makes that kind of investment inevitable. And that's why I'm glad, so glad, that Cycle Hamilton exists because um, before that, there were a lot of cycling advocates, but there wasn't a network. There wasn't a, a kind of an organizational structure around that. And I think um, what we saw with the organizers of the um, Yes, We Can in campaign, uh, I mean, you know, bringing together thousands of people to um, create a physically protected two-way cycle track on Cannon Street, I mean, when that was first proposed, it was considered ludicrous, and then it was very quickly became inevitable. And, uh, and I, I see that as the template that Cycle Hamilton is following, and I'm very excited about how we're going to be able to get better at doing that in the future. So, Kate, talk to us about advocacy, public policy, and, and change, because that's a world you live in, and obviously that is, uh, that's a commitment and a network that we need to get better at, at executing on. 
So at Cycle Hamilton, we have a mission for Hamilton to become the best place for anyone to get around by bike. So that includes um, levels of ability, age, um, background, experience, things like that. And we have three goals. We want to get more people on bikes. We want to shift that that modal split. We want to get more um, and better protected bike lanes. We want a, a robust, robust network. And we want to create a culture of cycling in Hamilton. And so around um, generating that political will and that advocacy piece, one of our most recent projects was leading up to the, the municipal election. We sent a survey to all candidates. We had a 76% response rate. Um, it was combined in, in the spec as, a, it was a, as an election issue, which was great to hear. Um, and what we heard loud and clear, uh, first and foremost, the candidates said that they would um, put money towards implementation of the second master plan, and they also said they were in favor of immediate implementation of Vision, Vision Zero. So that was really important to us. Um, and so we also, you know, helped residents lead seven ward rides across the city. We had 66 residents attend those. We had 30 candidates between the municipal and the and the trustees, um, five of of uh, which actually were elected. So now we're on to we have a template to to say thank you to reach out to your counselor and that's where the network comes in it's not just the people at cycle hamilton it's every member it's every person who cares about safe and, and um, more cyclable and walkable streets to reach out congratulate comment say this is important to um to us and that's part of what we're doing now fantastic um ryan last moderator's questions one of the things that drives me crazy before we open it up to the audience about Hamilton's endless debates about stuff that should have been resolved years ago is this notion of Hamilton's exceptionalism. And inevitably, when it comes to cycling, what you will hear, and I recently had some experience going door to door and re was reminded of, of the, uh, the tenor of the conversation, well, we're different. Uh, so don't tell me about Portland or Montreal or New York City. We have an escarpment. We have cold weather. Um, we have heavy industry that has to move big trucks. Uh, so we can't take the lessons of those other communities and 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 amend and nuance and and uh, create a template that works here. Talk to me about that in the context of Hamilton. Sure. Well, the good news is that. Uh, Hamilton, this idea of Hamilton exceptionalism, we're not exceptional, and we're also not exceptional in believing we're exceptional. So, <laughs> so every city, uh, every time uh, the community tries to do something innovative and progressive, there is always pushback. That couldn't possibly work here. This isn't Portland. This isn't Montreal, where it's flat and the weather is always warm. Cycling is never going to work here. Um, and uh, so for a long time, it was, it was an uphill struggle to try and say, look, Hamilton is like Minnesota in the sense that we have winters. In fact, theirs are quite worse. Minnesota, Hamilton is like Trondheim, you know, Norway, because in, the, in the sense that they have big hills. But uh, the good news now is that we can actually point to success stories in Hamilton of projects that work in Hamilton. So we don't have to tell people, hey, look at this um, other city that's doing these things. We can say, look at these things that we're doing here and how successful they are, and let's do more of them. So I think that, that changes the conversation. You can point to Canon Cycle Track and say, there's a thousand bike trips a day on, on a street that had zero bike trips a day three years ago. That's a success story. And Kate, last one to you uh, before we would op open it up. I, I want you to speak briefly about the notion of transportation justice. Transportation, I'm going to define that first. So transportation justice, just for so everybody's on the same page, um, that would be the notion that 
all people of all communities have the same access to safe, reliable, accessible, affordable transportation so that they can access things like jobs, goods and services, um, affordable housing, social networks, all of those types of things. And it would be silly to think um, that all people have access to a car to get to where they want to go. And in fact, about 30% of people don't have a car because of ageability or cost. So if we um, wanted transportation justice, we would um, prioritize and invest in those types of transportation options that give all Hamiltonians access to those really important things that would enable our city to thrive and the people within it to really flourish. That was Kate Whalen and Ryan McGreal talking about cycling in Hamilton. Check out our podcast page for part two, an interview with the current co-chair of Cycle Hamilton, Jay Krause, and the executive director of Share the Road Cycling Coalition, Jamie Stuckless. If you want to hear more on a related subject, check out our podcast on Friendly Streets, a program which seeks to make our neighborhoods friendlier for everyone, regardless of mobility and mode of transport. Thank you for listening to Future Intended, where we talk about the people and programs supported by Hamilton Community Foundation. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, hit subscribe to get future podcasts. Follow us on social media, subscribe to our At The Foundation e-newsletter for the latest news and stories, and visit our website at hamiltoncommunityfoundation.ca.